In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. I'm your host, Tony Grubmeyer. Today's guest built a successful moving company from his college apartment only to learn that he had a precancerous condition and soon watched his business crumble. Definitely not where you want to be. And it took four years or so for him to kind of get his health right. Now in good health, he founded Startup U, an interactive online learning platform, teaches entrepreneurs how to take an idea or an existing business and turn it into a highly successful and profitable company. Chris is on a mission of helping people redefine what success looks like and how to achieve it all while treating yourself like a performance athlete without compromising one's health. Please welcome to the show our guest today, Chris Michael Harris. Tony, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. So I will say that most people most people say I have a radio voice. You truly have a radio voice. I, I must say you've nailed the cadence and, and the modulation and everything. So I, I immediately respect the professional sound of your voice. That's, that's amazing. Hey, I got to tell you, uh, we're going to have some fun today. All I need you to do is answer this one question and then it'll kind of dictate where we go. What is your definition of success? Man, so it's funny you say that because you've got the fulfillment thing, you know, kind of in your motto. And I think it really comes down to that. I think we tend to look at success through a, a little bit of our own biased lens. There was once something that was posed, it was like kind of juxtapose against one another it was like, would you call this success? Or would you call this success? Right. And it was like, depending on who you ask, they would have a different answer. So I think it really depends on the lens by, by which you view success. Like, do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel like you're uh, living out what it is that you're supposed to do in this world? Do you feel like you're contributing and providing utility? So for me, that's how I measure it. I, I used to have all these numbers and things that I wanted to accomplish. And, you know, this means success for me. And ultimately I think it's kind of a vanity metric. Uh, and I think you also kind of lose sight of the why behind what you're doing, not to sound too cliche, to be more specific about that. Actually, one of my goals was to make a million dollars before I was 30. I did it at 27. And truth be told that like arbitrary, just glass ceiling number that I had for myself, the minute I reached it, it was like immediately I just moved the goalpost back to a billion. It was like, it just didn't mean anything, right? But when I focus now on impact and influence, which are the things that I align myself with as far as what's most important to me, um, what I found is that it's just, I'm far more fulfilled albeit it's a bit subjective as far as how you actually measure that. I've just found that it's less of a vanity pursuit and more align, more in alignment with what it is that I feel like I'm here to do. I love that, man. I can get behind all that. We chatted for just a couple of minutes prior to the uh, the show today. I'm all about contribution and connection. So like, yeah, I love that. It's, it's right there. I had a great conversation with a friend and, and it was funny. We, we, were, we had this conversation and at the very end he goes, what are like the two biggest things? And I said, go. And we both said basically the exact same thing. And, yeah. and I feel like there's there's a good alignment with you. I do want to ask just a little bit in, in, in the intro, we talked a little bit about, you know, you started a company from your apartment, things were going great. And then all of a sudden, just your life changes. Yeah. What are some things that you learned about yourself 
from going through adversity because somebody listening right now may be going through the exact same thing or very similar to what you went through and needs your message today to paint yeah. the picture of recovery for them. So uh, I'm glad you asked. It's one of the most important conversations that I actually have amongst all the X's and O's and strategy that I talk about and I teach. The biggest thing is that entrepreneurs, we're so hell-bent on success, right? Um, that we will literally put ourselves in jeopardy of all these various things that I experienced health-wise. Uh, and it's just sometimes we're taking time bomb. It's a matter of not if, but when, right? So in my particular story, uh, and what I see often with most people is they're feeding themselves beer and pizza, or metaphorically speaking, when they would never feed their business that. You'd be like, no way, I would never, like, again, metaphorically speaking, I would give my business the resources that it needs to thrive, not necessarily just to get by. When you're young and you feel like you're bulletproof for many entrepreneurs, they have this viewpoint of success, right? Again, looking through it through that subjective lens, success being uh, a destination, right? They're not committed necessarily as much to the journey. It's I will achieve happiness. I will achieve fulfillment when I arrive at whatever that destination is that they've deemed worthy of their pursuit, right? So for me, what I ended up doing was just not taking care of myself, right? I, I, I asked myself to do things that I would never ask an employee to do. I pushed myself 18, 20 hours a day because I was like, this is what success requires. I can outwork everybody. And I'm not mitigating the importance of hard work. Like you can't remove that from the equation. You just can't. But there's also a way that you have to kind of paradoxically shift things and say, okay, but here's the deal. Me becoming a better person, me becoming more refined, me leveling up, the beneficiary of that is my business, right? And so most of us kind of view our business as an extension of ourselves. And we just make all these sacrifices so that business can thrive. The problem is, is that when I hit multi-millions with scaling and raising my series A, my first round of institutional funding, I was crawling and I got a nasty health diagnosis thereafter uh, that basically was like, look, man, you either stop doing what you're doing right now. So much counterbalance, which is a term that I love that Gary Keller coined, to kind of like get back in alignment because of the years that you really have been a detriment to yourself, the way you're treating yourself, not viewing yourself as an asset, as the founder and CEO, you are the biggest asset, bar none to the company up until the point that you hit probably five, 10 million and beyond. And you can start hiring people and things of that nature. And even then you're still such a valuable asset that losing you would be a huge detriment to your business growth. So we really get that wrong we tell ourselves that that's the necessary sacrificial decision that we're making and it couldn't be further from the truth. And I think a lot of our Western views, albeit I love the ambition, I love the, the work ethic that we have, in some ways we go too far the other way where we start making those decisions, treating ourselves in such a way that you end up where I was, where it's like, okay, now it's on my doorstep, right? And now I have to deal with this. And now I got to put my dreams in my life on hold, which is precisely what I had to do. How long were you down for kind of until like, how long? Four years. Now, that could have been potentially curbed a little bit sooner. The reason it was so long is I, I opted to go more of a natural route of treating it. So I was looking at potential colon cancer, just so people are abundantly clear about what that is. My metrics, everything across the board, it was causing a chain reaction because when you're not absorbing nutrients you need, and you're having a massive inflammatory response where you're limited to five foods and that's it. Five foods, that's all I could eat. You, basically, you're down to the steroid route, right? You're down to prednisone and hopefully uh, giving your, your body, you know, a Band-Aid on a problem. Right? I watched my father go through that. He's a Crohn sufferer. I watched him go through that for 30 plus years. I didn't want that for myself, especially at 29 years old. 
So I decided to go the natural route, which is why it took as long as it did for me to kind of put the pieces together and figure out what true health and wellness actually look like. Well, hey, man, first and foremost, congratulations for going through the challenge and being here to share your story. I, a lot of people I know go through it and they don't make it. So yeah, thank you for sharing. And, um, you know, from that, you said you had started a business, right? You started a, a moving company and you kind of had this idea, put it all on hold. When you kind of went through the process four years later, you come out, what are you thinking? Like, what, where's your mindset at? Like when you're like, all right, cancer, I kicked your ass. Where am I at now? Or what are the beginning stages of you coming out of the fog, as I like to call it? Yeah, no, fog is the greatest. It's the best way to put it because I, I literally feel like I was in zombie mode for four years. And actually the better part of 2017, so I was diagnosed in 2016. I think 2017, I spent the better year of that in bed, feeling sorry for myself. Um, lost that company, poured my heart and soul into it, lost it. And it was amazing and terrifying at the same time how quickly that business imploded when you realize that, okay, and this is a really important teachable lesson I'm sure you'll resonate with. The problem is, is that you may be able to willpower your company to, to rampant growth. Now we can argue what growth actually is, right? Sales is a part of growth. It's not the only measurable. It's not the only lever in growth. I measured it completely, right? That growth was sales, growth was revenue. And I almost sold us to death, which is an entirely different story. The problem is when you build a company that way, when you're not actually taking affordable steps and putting resources around yourself as you hit those milestones, slowly moving yourself into a position of where you provide uh, utility at different, at a higher level than what you do at you know, the startup phase. You end up becoming the engine, the chassis, the wheels, everything. And so when you go down, right, because you can't sustain that pace forever. And more importantly, as your business grows, you take on more and more functions, right? There's more things that need to get done. Even when you're starting out, there's a list that's endless. Now imagine having a multi-million dollar company. Now you've got all these other challenges on top of managing all those things. You're wearing 10,000 different jackets. It's unsustainable, right? So you end up just folding. Now, the problem is, is that I went down completely, right? Like we talked about. So coming out of that, I think one of the things that I learned was what I was doing isn't what's sustainable long-term, right? The way I was viewing my business wasn't the way that the most successful people that I, that I admire, the way they do it. So fortunately, I'd started the podcast, right? I went down and I'm like, what can I do? Doctor says you can't work, no stress. What are you going to do? So I launched the podcast. My show is called Startup You Podcast. At the time, it was Entrepreneur Hour. So it starts trending. And I'm having all these people, Tony, on my show, like the Damon Johns. I've had three of the sharks from Shark Tank, Barbara Corcoran, Grant Cardone, Guy Kawasaki, like all the people that I read their books or I at least read their books and never my wildest dreams that I think I'll have the opportunity to talk to these people one-on-one and just give, gather their feedback. And one of the common denominators that I found was that, A, they'd been through hell themselves. Every single one of them had been through, like greatness requires a rite of passage. It just does, right? I'm not saying failure is a prerequisite, but I'm saying struggle is, regardless of what it is you're trying to do. And so that normalized it for me. That made me, I felt isolated. I felt like a failure. And that was really, really tough to deal with. So for those in that situation, I can empathize with you because with social media, it's become worse, right? Because we see the highlight reel, the trailer of people's lives. We don't see the reality of their lives, right? So it was really difficult for me at that time. So I'm coming out of this feeling like a fraud, feeling like an imposter, feeling like a failure, feeling like I have no, nothing to provide to anybody because I failed, right? I built this thing and then it just tanked. So like I have no utility provider and I have no business telling anybody about how to be an entrepreneur. So that was a really tough thing. And having that podcast allowed me to kind of understand that it is a, it is a part of the process. Damon John had to close FUBU like five times, you know, just open and close because it just wasn't a season where he could continue to grow it. So for me, it was kind of coming out of this identity crisis, having a new view of what business is. I tend to look now at businesses like a commodity that can be bought, trade and sold the same as I would buy gold or silver or stock. Right. Um, 
it's going to have its life cycle where it maybe makes money in this particular season, but things might change and it's no longer a worthy pursuit. And now it's time to move on to something else. Maybe that's a little too binary of looking at a company, but I think we fall in love too much. We romanticize the idea of like my company. And so I've tried to like pull myself out of that and say, yes, it's great for this season and it's going to generate revenue for me. But if this opportunity ends, I'm not going to die on that hill, right? Like I'm going to go find the new opportunity. And I think too many of us, some of us are not committed enough, right? And they need to be committed. So figure out where you are on that spectrum. I went and died on the hill, literally and figuratively, like went and died on the hill with that business. And that was unwise. When I realized that this wasn't working the way that it should have been working, I should have taken a step back and figured out what that looked like. So for me, to answer your question more succinctly, and I apologize for the long-windedness of my, my answer here, it was figuring out who I was, again, not Chris, the, the successful entrepreneur, but who is Chris, the person, right? How does Chris, what makes Chris happy? What makes Chris feel fulfilled? And then how can I go into this next business endeavor, this next opportunity? Because now I'm teaching it, right? So it's even more important that I get these things right because now I'm giving people advice to go out and maybe commit the same mistakes that I made. So I'm really, I take that very seriously, right? I think not enough, not enough of us in online and entrepreneurship do, but making sure that I had kind of crystallized what are the common denominators that we had found in scaling a business and starting one successfully, what does that look like? So that A, I can repeat it for myself, but then B, I can teach other people how to do it as well. Fortunately, we've been able to do it. My wife launched her business in the time that I was getting sick and we grew that to seven figures again with no outside funding. So we've done it twice working on a third. And so we obviously had figured something out. How do I mechanize this to where we can teach it to other people? And then how do I make sure that whatever I went through in that season of my life with those challenges that I've reconciled that so that I don't carry around this imposter syndrome or this feeling of failure or whatever that looked like during that season? No, it's powerful. And, you know, the guy behind me on the the wall, Sean Stevenson, he was one of my mentors and coaches before he passed. And we talked, we talked a lot about, we can beat ourselves up, you know, and one yeah. of the best lessons I learned from Sean was, this is my container, you know, and I got to take care of my container. This is the container that I've been given while I'm here. How do I take ultimate care of it? And it, I want to just commend you for, you know, I, I, I haven't walked in your shoes, never will walk in your shoes, but I can walk through shoes like yours when it comes to business and ups and downs. And, you know, I had a dot-com blow up in front of us and, you know, I watched everything that I poured into it go like that. Mm. And I was partners with some really powerful people in Hollywood and I watched all my money go down the drain. And I just said, all right, cool. Just like the 14 businesses I had by the time I was 18 years old, chase the right. wins, study the lessons, never give up. What did I right. learn? What were the lessons? What were the most powerful things that I learned? And one thing that I want to give you credit for, and I think everybody listening needs to do, and we're going to take a break. During the time of you being sick, during the time of you kind of being down, you lost one thing, transitioned your energy to help your wife and go build a seven-figure business. That's, that's a powerful thing for so many because we feel like almost we're worthless. We're not good enough. We're less right. than, but you got to realize, man, brother, you, you got a lot of skill and allowing people to tap into your genius. I want to talk about your coaching. I want to talk about what you're up to. I'd love to learn more about your podcast coming out of the break. I yeah. think it's really important today in this day and age, you know, you can talk about what you want to talk about, you know, this or that all comes down to is what lights you up that you can do today, tomorrow, next week, until you decide you don't want to do it anymore. And then you'll decide to go do something else. That's the shit that gets me excited. I, yeah. I get out of bed every single morning going, all right, God, what do you got for me? Like, mm. where are we going? What are we up to? Mm -hmm. Hit my knees, be grateful for where I'm at, be thankful for where we're going and enjoy the journey. So many people don't enjoy the journey. They're stuck 
going, shit, I got to go clock into a job. I don't really like, I get paid from a place. I don't really want to work. And I'm like, dude, I wouldn't want to do that. I did that early in my life to realize what I want. And right. what I want to talk about when we come back is, is the skill that you've acquired. Now you're giving to others and letting people tap into your genius because you have to go through hell have to go through hell to find your, your message. And I, I know that through all the mess that you went through, your message is really right there in the forefront. So stick around. We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. Are you ready to break the mold? You know, so many people seem stuck in society, but you're not one of them. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this. But I know for a fact that right here, right now, inside you, there's greatness. And a great way to help bring that out is the 12-week journey to fulfillment. So head over to BeFulfilledJournal.com and use the coupon code PODCAST and you get a special rate on us. It's our way to say thanks for listening. As well, there's access to a private community of entrepreneurs ready to support you and your business. That's BeFulfilledJournal.com. All right, we are back on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show. Tony Grubmeyer coming down Success Mountain, not winded at all. I'm ready to sprint because uh, Chris is right here, like right in the thick of things talking about going through that moment of adversity and not losing focus, but gaining hope and inspiration, helping his wife launch a seven figure business. Now he's like ready. He's now in better health. He's founded startup you an interactive online learning platform teaches entrepreneurs how to take an idea or an existing business and turn it into a highly successful plus profitable company. So man, brother killing it. Tell me more. I want to learn everybody sitting here taking notes just like me. Yeah. So learn as far as what it requires to start an online business or yep. what I'm doing. With Tell Startup me about U. Startup U. Yeah. So Startup U is really the the brainchild, I guess, of the experience that I went through with the moving company build, right? So from year one to year two, we went from $48,000. I leave my job, you know, had a job right out of college. We're still living in the college apartment. And I just continued to build that business. By year two, we hit half a million. So I grew a thousand percent revenue from year one to year two. You learn a lot of lessons through that, right? Specifically how to manage cash flow. I mean, there were times that I had $65,000 in payroll to come up with and I had like a fraction of that I needed in 24 hours. So bottom line is I'm experiencing all these crazy things. I mean, I have stories for days. I could write a book just on what I experienced in those three, four years. Uh, and, and I remember I would count, I would, there were countless times that I say to myself, I wish I had known this six months ago, right? Like I would have avoided this mistake. And so I started to like culminate this idea of eventually having a school right? Because I would say, I just graduated from college. I'm like, I didn't learn anything that would help me with entrepreneurship. I wish that I had picked up some of this stuff, right? I'm not mitigating the importance of higher education. I think it is, uh, I think it is significant for you to have a degree in something, right? Not, not essential, but I think it, it, it can help you. So I said, one day I'm going to create some resources just to, you know, and that's kind of what started the podcast, just paying it forward, right? But I'm going to create like a formal school around this. So what it kind of ended up becoming uh, we have multiple programs inside. We're going to expand that. This is a brand new thing we just launched in the last couple of months. Our first program is called Startup Launch Factory, right? So think I apply and I get into University of Georgia, where I went to school. And then you take individual courses inside of University of Georgia. So we're creating courses inside of Startup U, start like, like University Startup U. Uh, the first is Startup Launch Factory. So that's the one we really wanted to nail. We really wanted to give people like the foundational building blocks, right? Of what's required, womb to tomb, building a business up to you know, from, from the crawl phase, I call, I have three phases I break down. So crawl, walk, and run phase of a business. I like to break things down and make it like, you know, tangible roadmap, right? What does that phase look like, right? And how do you achieve success in each one of those phases? One of the things we realized was that a lot of people, and this was a benefit that I had and Tony, you probably had back in the day where these marketing tools made it harder for you to get in front of people, right? Brand awareness, visibility, things of that nature were really, really difficult. 
problem now is that it's, it's kind of made things convoluted in a sense. Uh, I think people are chasing shiny objects. They're not, they're not building companies. They're building a, a, a marketing hack on somebody else's platform, right? So they're putting all their time, 95% of their time into marketing on Instagram. The algorithm changes like it did with Facebook in 2013, like it just did with Instagram now. And they've built their whole business and put all their effort in Instagram. And now the engagement changes and they don't have a business anymore. We've seen it before. We're seeing it again. So what does that actually look like? How do I, how do I build a business first and then use whatever tools that are available to me to drive traffic to said business? Well, that requires you to first understand your market. It requires you to first build your ideal client avatar profiles. Well, let's look at the market first. First thing is, is there is a million tools. Don't cite me specifically. I don't know if there's actually a million, but there are a lot of tools online that are free. And what it's going to give you is it's going to give you data. So you can look at what people are searching for, who those people are, right? Demographics, what region of the world or country are they coming from? And then you can align yourself and figure out, okay, what is it that I'm aiming to accomplish? What is it that I'm aiming to do? And does it align with the traffic sources that already exist in the market, right? So you're not just trying things on Instagram, putting out whatever content you feel like is great because Gary Vee told you to do that. You're actually assessing the opportunity that already exists, right? And then figuring out where it is and what niche you can fit into to figure out what is the underserved segment of that market, right? And that is the entire premise of that. Most people skip that. The next part is, did you have actual conversations with people that are potential target customers for you, right? Did you figure out what their big challenge is when it comes to whatever it is your business entails? And most people have never had those conversations. Again, they're just posting on social media thinking, well, eventually I'll put out all this content and people will say, this is great. It's providing a lot of value. I want to do business with this person. What happens is people don't even know what you, they don't even know what you do, right? When you're just putting out stuff on Facebook or social media or Instagram or whatever. So it's really coming down to that. And the beautiful thing is what, one of the things that we found is when we have those conversations with these potential customers, when we do study the market, we understand the data, right? I love data. I like making decisions in numbers. The best decisions you'll make are in numbers. And I can align those two, develop customer avatar profiles around the people that I interviewed and around what I'm finding in the market use the language that they literally gave me, A, from the data, B, from their subjective responses in those interviews, repurpose that onto a sales or a landing page so that I'm using their words. I don't have to be cute and fancy. I don't have to be this crazy, amazing, you know, class A marketer. I'm literally just going to use the words, the objections that they have, the challenges that they have, the things they're looking for, the pain that they experience, the transformation they're seeking. I'm going to wrap that up into my website and more specific on my landing pages and then my sales pages. So when they hit a page, and this has actually been found in the last 10 years, we've lost four seconds of time that people spend on a landing page. It was 12 seconds, it's now eight seconds. That's a significant amount of time. Within three seconds, 83% of people know whether they'll do business with you or not. So you have a very, very small window of opportunity for people to recognize like, A, this person gets me, and B, I would do business with this person, right? A lot of it is aesthetic, but most of it is copy. You can get away with crappy aesthetic if you have great copy. You can't get over bad copy, even with good aesthetic, you just can't do it. So you need to grab people the minute they hit your headline. If the transformation that you're promising, whatever that is, whether that's an online information product or whether that's a, a moving service or whatever it is, whatever it is that they're looking for, the transformation that they're seeking, the ultimate benefit, utility in their lives, if it doesn't immediately grab them, it's over. You've missed the opportunity. And more importantly, when people hear things like that and they think, well, I'm in a saturated market and there's so many people, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. For me, I look at it this way. Yes, my market is saturated. There's a lot of people teaching online education, but guess what? There's also a lot of people now that are following these influencers online that are saying, hey, get on the social media hamster wheel and put out content. They've tried, it's not working. Guess what? I can target those people now and say, hey, uh, have you been doing content 24 hours a day and wondering why your email list isn't growing? 
oh my gosh, yes, I have. Well, this is the real mechanism. This is really how you can build your emails from zero to 5,000 in less than 30 days or something like that, right? So I'm exploiting potentially a segment of the market, a promise that's being unmet, and I'm just finding a blue ocean within that market to be able to target them with a new promise of something that they're experiencing that hasn't worked before. So most times when people say something saturated or uh, it doesn't work for me, it's they haven't gone deep enough. They haven't cut the onion a layer deeper to be able to find what's the real opportunity in that space. So that's what we help people do. We help them crystallize that first. What's your opportunity? What's your market? What's your marketing going to look like? And then how, then how do we take these tools that are amazing? We've never had better marketing tools in the history of the world of which you and I are taking advantage of right now with this podcast and then drive people with said message with the same verbiage that you know is going to resonate with them, challenging and combating those objectives while you're doing it before they even present the objective. And now what you've got is you've got a sales machine that you can plug in anywhere across the web, whether that's Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook. If, if Facebook changes or Instagram changes, great. What's the next platform? Because there always will be a next interface, always will be a next modality of marketing. The key is first, how do we build this machine that we can plug in anywhere? And then from that point forward, how do we build a business to sustain the growth that we've, we've created? And that's what we do in, in the walk phase, in the run phase, is we do just that. So if you go through that entire program, uh, again, we've replicated this with hundreds of people, including ourselves, right, throughout that process. Uh, I'm confident that you'll come away and be like, oh my gosh, uh, I wish I'd found this first, right? I wish I had done this first versus chasing these shiny objects and getting caught up in the weeds with all this other stuff and more or less somewhat feeling like you wasted your time. Man, there's a lot to digest. Just first, congrats. Uh, I always say, man, people who are out there are making the world a better place. I'm, I'd love to follow any day. Checking out your website, checking out your podcast. I mean, there's there's so much information. So as you guys listen today, don't worry about all the show notes. We'll, we'll put them all together at TonyGrebmeyer.com. You can click through and follow it. But Chris, Michael, Harris, you know, the, uh, the idea today is this, man, from Startup Books to the Startup You podcast. I love the Unstuck Quiz too. That's, that's genius. You got a lot going on and I want to take your attention for just a couple of seconds before you wrap today and just tell you, man, keep pushing, man. I, I know that life is kind of throwing you a couple of punches, but if you can learn something from Rocky, you know, real or not, he just kept getting up. And that's a Japanese proverb that I love to live by, you know, fall seven, get up eight, never, never allow anybody to knock you down um, and not find a way to get back up. Cause we, there's a fight in all of us and, and you're fighting a good fight, helping a lot of good people to take full advantage of it uh, from your podcast um, you know what, man, it's cool. You've, you've, you busted out a few hundred episodes, so there's a lot of good stuff. So go listen today, subscribe, leave a review, go check out his podcast. Um, and I'm really just honored to have you on as a guest. I want to do one more thing before I end the show today is bring you into the fulfillment round. It's fun for you, for me and the audience, a chance for them to get to know you a little bit better. Here's the deal. You can't pass on any question. If I ask mm. you, you literally just have to make something up. I don't really care. All you right. just have to play along and have some fun. Let your guard down, play, and we'll see where we go. All I need Let's from you it. is I am ready. Ready. Let's do it. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend. No using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannica's. And I promise Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? Tacos or barbecue? Tacos all the way. Best taco place in Austin you've been to? That's really tough. Uh, so, popular answer would be Torchies. Uh, but Veracruz is really good. Uh, dude, you can't go wrong with Austin. You really can't. But if you're new, you definitely want to go to Torchies. That's, that's like... We're renowned, known for Torchies tacos. 
top three people you've interviewed on your show that left you wanting more? Oh man, that's really, that's a really tough one. If only three, obviously I would say most of the notables, um, you know, the big, the mainstream folks, uh, Damon's in that conversation, probably like a Dave Asprey from founder of Bulletproof. Cause he just knows so much about health and wellness for me. That's just so essential. Uh, and then third would probably be, I just talked to Justin Donald. He's a phenomenal investor. Uh, would love to know more from him because I think he says something that really re resonate with me. He said, if you want to make your, your business recession proof, make yourself recession proof. And so I think a lot of people, they, again, I always, I mentioned this before, they pour way too many of their, you know, the eggs in one basket and they don't focus on how does this business provide utility and make me prosper financially. So I think that would probably be the third one because it's more of a relevant one right now. I love that. About five and a half, six years ago, my business coach, Kevin Cohen said, uh, you need to learn how to make your business your muse. Yeah. And that was like, that was genius. That was, yeah. that was all the money I needed to know right then and there and exactly. literally have done that and, and figured out how to build just an amazing team. That was at year 15 of a business. Mm. So best advice you ever can get sometimes isn't the new stuff. It's the stuff that's been around for a long time. Right. All right. Hollywood's calling. You're so busy, you know, with your podcast, coaching, teaching, doing all these wonderful things. Um, and they want to make a movie about you. And uh, they said, hey, you know, who, who can we get to stand in for you? We'll, we'll figure out the dubbing of the voice and all that good stuff. Who would you pick to play you if you weren't available? Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Okay, so people do tell me from time to time that Chris Evans is my doppelganger, aka Captain America. I don't know if that's that's reality or not, but I I have heard that a couple times. The other one that I've heard that looks like me is um, oh, what's his name? He played uh he played um the guy that was if you watch Parks and Rec, he was the guy that was one of the hosts of uh, the radio station. He was called the douche. Um, I can't remember his name right now but I hear often that I look like him. He dates Amy Poehler. If people that are familiar with the show, they know, they know who I'm talking about. Probably. Not Adam Scott. No, not Adam Scott. Um, what's his name? It's going to drive me insane. People, people. All right. So I'll ask you another question while you're Googling that. Yeah. Country or rock? Rock for sure. Rock or rap? I would still go rock. Song you walk on when you go on stage next time. Nick Kroll is the actor, by the way. See, isn't our brains funny? Like we have to close that loop. That loop stays. No, I had to. It was driving me insane. I had to. All right. Song that I would walk out to. Hmm, I don't know that I have a particular song, but it would be something like 80s rock for sure. Thunderstruck, right? ACDC, Back in Black, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something along those lines. I could have to really nuance that further, but something along those lines for sure. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest today, Chris Michael Harris. Oh, man, there's so much to learn. We got all the show notes for you at TonyGrubmeyer.com. You follow him. You leave him a review. Check out what he's doing. It doesn't matter if you're Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever. You're going to find him. You're going to like him. You're going to learn a lot about him, but you're also going to learn more from him. And please come back and report what you guys do find, because I definitely would love to have him come back as a guest. Like I said, his name is Chris Michael Harris. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. 
It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever. 